agriculture in Washington State could be changed forever by one idea that is still heavily under debate, even though it's been studied. It's been proven by science to be a bad idea, yet people are still talking about this. Taking the dams out of the Snake River. We know what kind of uh, a crushing amount of damage this would do to farming in, in Washington State and beyond, really. Idaho, Eastern Oregon, etc., cetera, uh, for availability of irrig- managing irrigation and water and drainage in those places, managing farmland, shipping goods uh, to market. Um, we know the environmental damage that would be caused by all of the, the carbon that would be created and spewed into the atmosphere by the thousands, if not tens of thousands more trucks and trains that it would take to haul all of Washington and Idaho and Oregon's farming goods out um, to where they can be shipped overseas, which a lot of them are. But the question is, does this need to be done for salmon? And again, we've heard that part studied as well. The answer has been no by federal studies, but it's back in the news again. A new study. What to make of this idea? Um, New study, new information about breaching the Snake River dams. Dylan Honkoop here on The Farming Show on KGMI News Talk 790. Also, the Save Family Farming Podcast. You can be listening to us anytime on SoundCloud, don't forget to check out SaveFamilyFarming.org. Uh, also, thank you to our sponsor, Pape Kenworth Northwest on Iowa Street in Bellingham. Brand new to town. Of course, Kenworth isn't uh, new to town. A lot of K-dubs out on the road, but uh, now a great place to get them serviced, to buy them, uh, to get parts, things that you need, uh, factory support in Bellingham. So big thanks to them for supporting, supporting this uh, conversation that we have here Every Saturday morning on the Farming Show, new study out from Eco Northwest, which, by the way, is a group that has been very outspoken that it's one of its main priorities is to remove these dams on the Snake River, which, again, we're talking about protecting communities and managing flooding and all the things that I mentioned about shipping and transportation and irrigation. But they have a new study out that contradicts previous major studies that have been done on the issue, saying that it would actually be a good thing, it would be manageable, it would help salmon, and communities would be able to sustain the breaching of those dams on the Snake River. And we're hearing from the experts looking at this, that this new study, what do you know, is bunk. Frankly, Todd Myers, Environmental uh, Policy uh, Director at Washington Policy Center, joins us on the program this morning. Todd, what's the deal with this study? And what are, what are the problems with it here? Well, there are numerous problems, and, and I appreciate you having me on to talk about them. Um, I'll, there's, I'll focus on a couple. You mentioned saving the salmon. The basis of the study is a question that they asked um, that a group called Save Our Wild Salmon um, asked last year in a public opinion poll. 
And Save Our Wild Salmon has openly said they want to tear down the Snake River Dam. So they asked people last year, 400 people in Washington State, how much would you be willing to pay every month additionally in electricity costs to tear down the dams? But they, they didn't say it that way. What they said was to ensure the recovery of wild salmon. The problem is, is that uh, tearing down the dams would not ensure the recovery of wild salmon. In fact, NOAA Fisheries, which has done the research, says that we're already getting 96 to 98 percent passage of fish past the, each of those dams, um, which means that tearing them down would have a marginal at best uh, benefit to salmon. Hold, hold on. Say that number again, because I think a lot of people have never even heard that. You're saying of the salmon coming up the river, what what was it, 90 what percent actually are making it around the dam by the systems that have been created in the last couple of decades? Yeah. Coming up the river, there are fish ladders and so that's less of a concern. Main concern is actually going down the river, okay. smolt, smolt going down the river. And the concern for them is that you don't want them going through the turbines. You don't want them being harmed by the dams in a variety of different ways. And so the dams have been adjusted to address those. And so now what we're seeing, uh, according to NOAA Fisheries and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers who manages them, 96 to 98 percent of fish going downstream past those dams. So tearing them down would have a two to four percent increase. And even that wouldn't be true uh, because a certain percentage of fish would be killed um, that aren't being killed now right. without the dams. So you would get a very you would get a very tiny improvement, if any at all, by tearing down the dams. But that's not what the study used by Eco Northwest said. The study, the question that they asked said, how much would you pay to ensure the recovery of wild salmon? And that is simply a false statement. There is no science that says that tearing down the dams would do that. But that's the question they asked. So what this is dealing with is yet another impact of tearing down the dams that I didn't even mention in the intro. And by the way, we're talking with uh, Todd Myers. He's director of the uh, Center for the Environment at the Washington Policy Center. Uh, is an electricity issue. We use these dams to produce electricity, amongst other things. A lot of people think of dams only as, you know, there for hydroelectric power, but actually some of the other benefits of the dam are more important than the power that we get out of them. But are they thinking that this is kind of the touch point for the average person, especially in the city, is they're worried that their power bill is going to go up, so they want to kind of try to mitigate that concern? Yeah, I think they were trying to figure out a way to ask the question to calculate the costs. The four lower Snake River dams were initially planned because they create the ability to transport barges down the Snake River. Without the, the dams, you couldn't do that. And so it facilitates agricultural trade, um, primarily wheat and other grains, down Snake River. Um, but now Washington State uh, relies on those dams for about 7% of our electricity. So it's not a small amount. It's fairly significant. So we would lose 7% of our carbon-free energy. Um, we would have to replace it somehow. So those are, I mean, to, those are two of the biggest costs um, that you would you would have if you lost the Snake River dams. And and uh, I would put a hundred bucks on. Well, actually, if I had it, I'd put a lot more than a hundred bucks on uh, that. Carbon energy would not be replaced by uh, other carbon-free energy, namely uh, nuclear power. And I don't think it probably could, based on the capacity, be replaced by solar or wind power. So. Plus, have you been seeing it, by the way, uh, Todd, have you seen these pictures of the, the wind turbine blades going into the landfill? 
yeah. And I, I'm yeah, not so, sure how carbon free that whole process is. Yeah, and 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 obviously <laughs> it takes energy to produce both solar and wind power. Um, you have to produce those. People people think of solar and wind as free because the fuel is free, which is certainly true. But what they don't realize is, is that the production cost is very high, and the amount of energy yield is very low, relatively. So wind and solar um, are still much more expensive than hydropower. Washington State has the lowest cost of electricity in the, in the country, and it's not because we have wind turbines, it's because we have dams. And if you swap out those dams for wind turbines or solar, you don't um, do anything to reduce the amount of CO2 in the state, you simply increase energy costs. So you get no environmental benefit for higher cost, and that's, I think, a real problem. Hey, but there are people who are lining their pockets with that, so they're going to they're gonna be proponents of it. There, yes, and there are lots of <laughs> proponents of, of people who say this is a good idea because they know that it will help other industries. Um, but if the question is, if you want to do the most for the environment, not just for uh, climate, but for salmon, um, this is a really bad idea. So the the number one thing we can do to help salmon recovery in the Northwest, and you know, not just because we want to um, fish for them, not just because we care about them, but also for the orca, is to improve habitat. Uh, in Puget Sound and in the Salish Sea up into Canada and spending more than a billion dollars tearing down dams that do almost nothing for salmon um, is ridiculous well, when we have lots and lots of projects in the Puget Sound that would help salmon that are unfunded. I can see in the long term habitat, of course, is a major issue, but can that really move the dial in the near term? Can tearing down the dams or can no, habitat? No, ha ha habitat um, in the Puget Sound, as you reference, be the game changer as well. I'm looking at the, the issues that we're seeing with predation and whatnot as being the real bottleneck right now Absolutely. to get some of this recovery off the ground. There's been a lot of habitat work done. I, I'm you know Coming from the farming community, we've been boots on the ground with a lot of that now for 20-plus years. And we see this habitat, essentially it's, it's living space and breeding and growing space for fish, and it's still, it's there, it's expanding, but it's not being used because the fish aren't even making it there to use the new habitat. Well, and, that, and I think that's a great point because, and one of the reasons that that is, is because we don't have the resources. Um, when I was at the Department of Natural Resources, we passed Forest and Fish, which guaranteed farmers, small forest landowners, um, rather, who had streams that we would pay for part of the loss that they incurred by protecting streams and keeping trees there. Well, there are lots and lots of small forest landowners who have not been paid a dime because we simply don't have the money. The same thing is true with uh, farmers who put buffers and who put trees and um, shrubs and other things along streams to keep the water cool, which is very important. Many of those people are not getting compensated appropriately, and many others would like to do it, but there simply isn't compensation. But we want to spend a billion dollars to tear down the Snake River dams to do very little when we could work with small forest landowners. We could work with farmers uh, you know, on the west side of the state. We could work with other landowners who want to, who care about salmon, who want to do the right thing, but need some financial assistance because they can't incur all those costs alone. Those people are not getting the money. This is a tremendous waste of money, and I think that this is not just sort of you know misguided. Um, Eco-Northwest study is not just misguided. It is irresponsible because it is telling policymakers to focus on the wrong things and putting at risk real successful efforts to help salmon. 
Well, I got a couple of scientific questions for you. Again, we're talking with Todd Myers, Washington Policy Center, and your job there as director of the Center for the Environment is very much about science. Obviously, huge question marks about the science involved in the dams, in power, in transportation, carbon impacts, what's going on with salmon, all those scientific questions. But there's also the question, I think, here of the, of the science of this survey, which is another science of how you do surveys like this. Sure. And looking at this question and how misleading it is, I'm, I'm really curious, are they actually trying to find out what people think or are they trying to do a sell job by asking them? Well, the, the question was not asked by Eco Northwest. They used a survey done by Save Our Wild Salmon, an anti-dam advocacy group. So clearly they knew uh, what they were using. If they wanted to do an unbiased question, they would have done their own question um, in a different way. They would not have included a claim in the, sur- in the survey question that was simply unscientific and wrong. So that's the first. The second thing is, is that the study was done only in Washington State. It was done 400 people in Washington State. But when they wanted to come up with the valuation, they found that people were willing to spend $40 per household. They applied that $40 per household, not, to every, not just to every household in Washington, but also to Idaho, Montana, Oregon, and California, assuming that people in San Diego would obviously want to spend $40 <laughs> per household to save the Snake River dams, which frankly, they probably can't find on a map. So so that's another sleight of hand that they use to radically inflate um, what are already dubious numbers. Bad science, questionable at best conclusions. You're calling it irresponsible. But has the damage in some ways been done? Because w- in the past few days, we've seen the headlines. New study says that people actually favor this. New study says that uh, it's a good idea. And I think that's kind of what people consume, isn't it? Is that really the game here is to get that headline that they got? It is. I think that's absolutely and unfortunately correct. And there is an old saying in politics that a lie can get halfway around the world before the truth gets its shoes on. Um, And I think this is sort of one of those examples, but we have to keep fighting um, and we have to keep plugging away along those lines. um, You know, the study and lots of advocates of tearing down the Snake River dams will point to the removal of the dams on the Elwha on the Olympic Peninsula saying um, that it has increased recreation and it has increased salmon populations. Neither of those things are true. The salmon populations today are the same as they were before the dams were removed um, and 96% of the the fish on the Elwha are hatchery fish, not wild fish, even though it's wild fish advocates who keep touting the Elwha dam removal as a success. But people don't look at those data because they want to believe the lie rather than have to face the truth. I just re-read that piece that you put together on Elwha and it just struck me again. Has anyone even talked about that or reported that? I mean, it's a story that no one has heard. Everyone assumes and believes that that Elwha Dam removal has been this smashing success. Things are back to nature. The salmon are coming back even faster than expected. I think some headlines that I saw claimed yet you're saying it's it's not true at all it's it's entirely fabricated there none of the there are no data that show that salmon have re, uh, re, uh, returned more rapidly the populations are the same the only thing that has happened is is that fish have moved up into parts of the river that they were not before which is not unexpected but the fact that they have moved there has not increased the population and furthermore like i said 96% of the fish are hatchery fish which is the same percentage that was before 
before the dam was torn down. And speaking of uh, projects to fund, every year the Department of Fish and Wildlife collects uh, salmon in the Elwha to determine whether they are wild or hatchery fish. They weren't able to do that this last year because they have not uh, received the funding to do it. So there is scientific data that we could be receiving about the effectiveness of dam removal, whether it's effective or ineffective, but it's not getting funded. But we're talking about spending money on this. We're going to spend $700,000 on a public uh, process about the Snake River dams of, of state money when we're not going to spend the $50,000 we could to get good science about dam removal. That's the choice we've made is politics over science. And the amount of money. I mean, think of what, what we could do in terms of dealing with the predation issue, for instance. Uh, if a billion dollars worth of work and study was put into to trying to change that situation, I, I think that could be night and day, and, and that could potentially be an immediate help to the orcas that are that are suffering. Well, we, we wouldn't have to spend anything close to a billion dollars to deal yeah. with uh, seals and sea lions that are eating um, a large percentage of the salmon at the mouth of the Columbia and elsewhere. So, yeah, much we could do uh, uh, quite a bit about predation which much, with much less money. So, um, like I said, that's why I say that this is not just a misguided study. I think it's irresponsible because it is taking money or encouraging politicians to take money away from things that would really be successful. And it's encouraging a non-solution as, you know, falsely promoting it as a solution. Uh, that non-solution would actually permanently and irrevocably change the face of farming and the farming communities in the Pacific Northwest, um, which I, I think if, if people talk, you know, so many people talk about protecting farming and farmland and, and growing food here in a healthy, sustainable way, this takes away the opportunity to do a lot of that. I just don't see how that could be a, a good thing for our region by any measure. Todd Myers, uh, director of the Center for the Environment at the Washington Policy Center, uh, the website where you can check out this piece and many more by Todd and his colleagues is Washington Policy Center. Dot, or WashingtonPolicy.org. Very simply. You don't even have to type in the center part. Just WashingtonPolicy.org. Go check it out. Todd, thanks for your time on the program this morning, filling us in, uh, correcting the headlines, as it were, this morning. Yeah, it's always good to talk with you.